Uh, thank you so much, uh, Benji and the band. Also, Caroline, for uh, bringing to us uh, uh, what God has been doing in your heart to try to alleviate uh, the suffering in people's life. Good morning, friends. What a great joy to see some of uh, our returning students here. We missed you, but we are so pleased that you are back. And what a pleasure and a privilege also it is that uh, we have so many visitors joining us this morning so that together we may worship the true and the living God. A very warm welcome to all of you. Now, you'll be wondering who's this gentleman? So, my name is Abby, and I have the privilege of being one of the pastors of this church. And so, by God's grace, uh, I am here to bring uh, God's word. And as uh, Heather already read from that uh, uh, book of the Bible, um, we are starting a new series on the book of Romans. Now, I have a friend whose his pastor preached on Romans for eight years. <laughs> so, be prepared. <laughs> Maybe until I retire, we're still in Romans, you know? Let us pray. But that very song we have just sung before me coming up here, a really prayer that you who have been speaking since even before we came here, you continue to speak, O oh Lord. As now we turn to the proclamation of your word, I pray that what comes out of this mouth you created, and as we listen and engage with your word, that all the meditation of our heart be pleasing and acceptable to you. Lord, plant the truth of your word deep within our heart. Transform us so that we may go from this place not the same way we came in. I rely on your spirit even now and all of us, Lord, that your name be glorified. Speak, O oh Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but uh, this day, a quick switch on a television or on your uh, device to listen or to watch the news will just remind us that in our world, most of the news is bad. In fact, it's very depressing. 
and it's getting even worse. What is happening, perhaps on a national level, but also on an international level, perhaps even that scale is just a, an amplification of what goes on in our own life as individuals. Because we are filled with problems. And one of the problems, particularly new students coming, fear. Will I be able to cope with the, the life in the university? Maybe excitement, perhaps, but uh, as the parent leave you behind, oh my goodness, where do I start from here? And even a parent thinking, oh my boy, my boy. I'm particularly looking at my dear sister there. I don't want to point a finger, but she's, she's dear to me. hard. But there is another bad news that is often less thought of. And this is sin. Sin is bad news. It's bad in every aspect or dimension of it because it brings so many consequences. One, is sin has a selfish at, he, at its heart. Selflessness at its heart. Sin produces guilt, another form of bad news. And guilt sometimes comes to most of us because of a willful choice of what is known to be wrong or something overwhelm us as unfailing failures. Either way, every guilt is pure agony, a recognition of failure and inadequacy. Guilt, the feeling of guilt, is becoming more prevalent in our society. It can be rooted in various aspects, specific ones, or growing awareness that I won't be able to cope. And we fall short over and over. And who we blame? None other than ourselves many a time. Sin produces meaninglessness. People turn, particularly in our modern society, around these questions, trying to fill a void in the heart. Who am I? What am I doing? What about after my studies? What am I going to do? Questions after questions that sometimes we don't find an answer into this world, but only lies from the enemy. Sin brings also hopelessness. People are in despair these days. But think about it. This world of this bad news, we get some exciting news 
when, for instance, babies are born in our church here, we are waiting for two babies, at least as far as I know. <laughs> but these babies, they bring some, some, some excitement, good news. But think about it. They are born every day into a world filled with bad news. And because of a boundless selfishness that permeates or that just goes behind our modern way of living, millions of other babies are not allowed to enter the world at all. Well, we got some good news, but this some good news sometimes may be just temporary. Just a few weeks, for those who like football, we join with the Spain team as they won. I better be careful what I say. But then quickly, that turned out into something else. Even what appears to be good news merely hide evil sometime. As someone say, particularly when there are treaties of bringing some peace together, someone once said, peace treaties, I quote, merely provide time for everyone to reload. Bad news, bad news, bad news. But, as we can see on the screen, there is good news that is truly good. And this is what we are about to hear from the book of Romans. Romans is all about the good news. Good news that is truly good. And I'm excited about this. Because this good news you're about to hear, starting from today, and I don't know when it's going to finish, this is not a good news that is temporary. This is good news that is everlasting. The one who wrote this book, he himself, as we can see on the screen, he is... He described himself as a minister, in other words, a special messenger of Christ. By the way, that's a mistake there to off there. Jesus said to the Gentiles, he's a messenger, with the duty of proclaiming, in other words, the duty of bringing the gospel, which is good news. He brought good news that sin can be forgiven. Uh, just the other day, I was chatting with someone who said, I'm an atheist. And we had a really good conversation. And as we chatted, we chatted, he said, I don't have any proof that God exists. So I put a question to him. I said, think about something that uh, no one in the world uh, is able to do for you. And he went, oh, so do you have one? I said, yeah, well, at least I have so many, but I can share you one I know. Which one? I said, but 
There's something which no one in the world can be able to give it to me. And this is a forgiveness. And he went, wow, I can forgive somebody. I said, well, well, that's the problem because we forgive, but we remember. But this God, when he forgives, he remembers no more. Oh, all right. The good news that sin can be forgiven because God is more interested in speaking of sin than guilt. Selfishness can be overcome. Guilt can be removed. Anxiety can be elevated. Life can indeed have a hope and eternal glory. Good news. Interesting. And as I said, that's why I'm excited because when Paul speaks about the good news, he brings this vibrant, dynamic expression of saying what this good news is. And look at a few of them as he speaks about the good news. He says it is the good news of God. That's a massive one. In other words, the whole book of Romans is about God bringing good news to us. It's the good news of God's son. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the good news of the glory of Christ. It's not yet enough. It's the good news of the grace of God. It's the good news of salvation. It's the good news of peace. It's the good news of hope. It's the good news of immortality, life and immortality. The glorious good news of the blessed God. By the way, I should perhaps say next Sunday take one of each of these and make it like a series again. Do you see the excitement? All this tells us the news we are dealing with in this book is the best ever news you have ever had in your life. Perhaps we can say is this uh, too good to be true? But if I pick the one that is in the middle there, the good news of immortality, life and immortality. In other words, uh, already telling you that when you are a Christian, life doesn't end in death. Because there is life beyond that. The atheist will say, oh, maybe they just made that to try to comfort us. But I say to my friend atheist, no, because we have someone who died, was buried, and who rose from the dead. And he's alive today. And his name is Jesus The book of Romans is all about good news, as I said, because it begins and ends with good news. Look at the beginning of the book of Romans. Paul set apart for the gospel the good news, and at the end of that he say, now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my good news. We'll come back to that. It's all about beginning and end, and there in the middle he explains this good news in order to help these people to see 
what is it, what he has brought to them, and how they can be part of that and share this good news also to other people. He was so excited about this good news that he could not wait to introduce already his reader to this good news. That's why we have these first 17 verses. And in them, we learn at least two things. Number one is that Paul is bringing to us some aspect of this good news. He unfolds the good news. Look at the preacher of it, first of all, verse 1. He says, I am the one who was set apart. Not the only one, but as he writes, I was set apart. Now, that's an interesting thing because uh, we ask the question, when was he set apart? Now, if you go to your, the Bible, Galatians chapter 1 verse 15 already tells us, God set him apart before he was born. But then uh, we come to act uh, in chapter 9, we know before that, chapter 9, we read Paul, who had the name of Saul, was a hater of Christians. He, he was a persecutor of the church, and he described himself in another place as the chief sinner. In other words, the worst of sinners. But then something happened. God shown mercy to him. And again, he said, this is who I am setting apart. As Ananias had to go and pray for, for Paul as he had an encounter and he was told, tell him or go because this is the one I have set apart to bring good news to the Gentiles. But also, so you have before he was born, at his conversion when he has an encounter with the Lord. But then later on also we hear from the book of Acts chapter 13. As the church was praying, the Holy Spirit said, set apart Paul or Saul and Barnabas. You can see God the Father is involved. God the Son is involved. God the Holy Spirit is involved in setting Paul apart. But when we think about the preacher of it... The bottom line is this, that the good news is about the grace of God. Because how come that the one who was so violent, as he himself say, by the grace of God? Frankly, if you ask me, do you understand all this, Abby? Before he was born, God set him apart. And then uh, somehow in his life, this Paul immersed himself in life that wasn't pleasing God. And then God had mercy on him. Maybe, I don't understand, but it comes back to this climax in the books, perhaps, where it says, all the death of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable is judgment and his path beyond tracing out. Who can has known the mind of the Lord and who has been his counselor? Who has ever given it to God that God should repay them? For from him 
and through him and for him all our things are coming from. To him be the glory forever and ever. The mind of God is so unsearchable. And just to tell you, you are not here by mere chance. Who knows? The gospel is just that grace of God, sovereignty, mercy that comes to you. But Paul also say the good news is not a new. Look at the verse 2. It's something that uh, is in the history. God has already promised that. It is a story of uh, the reign of God. God has promised. Where? If we go back to the Old Testament, we see many a time how God uh, had already spoken about this gospel. At one time, his people were sent to exile in Babylon. And then there was a period in the book of Isaiah to begin with, a period where they were longing and God is saying, see, there is someone coming with the good news. And particularly in Isaiah 52, verse 7, this is an important verse there because it says how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reign. In other words, he's saying to his people, look, there's someone bringing good news and he's saying as you run, it is peace, it is good. We are saved. And as he reaches the city, he comes and say this as it comes on the screen. Our God reign, as we sung. Your God reign. Friend, the good news of Jesus is about God's reigning. It is peace, the end of slavery from all form of oppression, addiction, bondage. He comes to rescue his people. He breaks the chains of evil, of sin and Satan. He removes the danger that is lurking in the life of the people. Friends, the gospel is fundamentally good news of the reign of God. And God has kept his promises because his promises are now fulfilled in Jesus. That's why Paul moves not only from him as a preacher and for a uh, 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 seeing this gospel as something new, but he says it is all about Jesus. In other words, the gospel is not that something that Jesus brings. Yes, he brings that. But also the gospel is Jesus himself. Christ is the good news. In other words, when you have Christ in your life, you have the good news. And look at the description of Jesus in those few verses there. 
ending with Jesus is Lord. Now, remember Paul is writing to the Romans. He's very much aware that the society and the culture of those days, just like our culture today, they could accommodate many gods in their midst, including Jesus. They could accommodate him as a, another leader. But what the Roman culture was not able to or willing to accommodate is to see Jesus transcending all the other leaders. And this is the society we are in. In our society, we have Buddhists, we have Hindus, we have all that. And we think, oh yeah, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. We have our little Jesus. But let me tell you, friends, Jesus transcends all. He is Lord of all. And to say, Jesus is my Lord, that means a lot. As these two little, they are no longer little girls, but they are, they are young, young ladies now, are going to say this afternoon, I have decided to follow Jesus because Jesus is my Lord. But also it's good news brings the salvation, big word. We shall come back to that and service. Because the good news has brought life to Paul, but not only to Paul, but to other people as well. But the second important thing, not only Paul brings this aspect of the good news, but Paul has a confidence in the good news. Is that coming as well? Clay told me I'm not going to sleep in the sermon because there are so many slides. He has a confidence in the gospel, in the good news. He says, number one, I am adepter. I am uh, 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 obligated. I am under compulsory. <laughs> Why? Because he himself knows what the good news has done to him. And he cannot keep it. He feels the debt to bring that to others. And look what he says there. Because in another place he says, What to me if I do not preach the good news? I am a debtor. It reminded me of a story in the Old Testament as this uh, passage comes. You know, these uh, lepers, they are starving with uh, starvation. And then they go to the camp of the enemy and then they find the bread. And then they are just delighting. And then they said to each other, we are not doing right here. This is the day of good news. And we are keeping it to ourselves. Let's go. In fact, this verse as a uh, 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 generated what it says that uh, beggars or evangelism or sharing the good news is a matter of beggars telling other beggars where to find bread. D do you know yourself that I am a beggar? You are a beggar. And we find bread somewhere. And there are many people out there who are begging for bread. But Paul, as we shall see next week, God willing, he's not only 
debtor to this good news to preach it, but he was prepared to defend it as well. But here, he's ready to preach it. I mean, someone say that say, being ready, that was the motto of Paul. From the very time when the Lord came to his life, he was asking every time a question, Lord, what can I do for you? Where can I go? And then he will do whatever the Lord asked him to do. He will go wherever the Lord asked him to go. That's why he was ready to preach at Jerusalem, where religious leaders gathered. Jerusalem, the center of the religion in that time of the world. He was able to preach at the intellectual center of the world, like Athens. Maybe it's like St. Andrews. And he was able now, willing to go to Rome in the political place of the world. He is mobbed in Jerusalem. He is scoffed in Athens. And he knows that in Rome, people will come and say whatever they want, but he's willing to go there. Someone say that St. Andrews is also a center not only of golf, but also we are religious and we are intellectual. But the good news need and must be heard. in our heart, and in our life. But look, he was unashamed to preach the good news. I don't know what criticism he must have faced by the people that time. But one thing I know from the Bible that uh, when he preached the good news to the Jews, it was a stumbling block to them. And when he came and preached it to those who were intellectual, it was an offense to them. You can, you can see Paul could have been intimidated by saying, hey, I'm not ashamed. Because he knows that the gospel has something in it. He wasn't ashamed. Why? We see this reason, number one. Because he knows that the gospel carries with it a divine, dynamic power of God to save. There are a few places in the Bible where the power of God is, was displayed. Number one, in the Old Testament, the power of God was displayed as the Lord took out his people from the slavery in Egypt. I was in Aberdeen, and this teacher was telling the children that that story of of, of of uh, crossing the Red Sea is a myth. And, uh, and this child say, but teacher, how is it a myth? 
or because uh, um, the, 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 the Israelites uh, just crossed when the tide was low. And the child said, that's even better. It must have been a really great miracle because if the tide was low, how come that the whole army of Egypt uh, was uh, swallowed? You see what you get from the children? But it's also the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that same power that raised Christ from the dead is in us and lives in us in the church. And it's the same word, the power there that God display as we speak the good news to others in order to save them. Paul says, I know the gospel will never let me down. I am able to go to the mountain to preach it to human arrogance that Jesus reigned. I am able to go to the mountain of human despair Telling them that Jesus is returning. I am able to go and tell to the human heart of bondage that Jesus is still redeeming, big word, able to save people. Look at a few things that we are saved from. I want to go into details, but look at them. And this is will come as we look also the book of Romans. We are saved from God's wrath, saved from God's enmity towards us, saved from the alienation from God, saved from sin, saved from loss, saved from empty way of life, saved from bondage, saved from demonic power. The good news, my friend, has a life giving to people. But also, Paul says, it not only carry with it the dynamic, but it produce or reveal the God's righteousness. That's a big word. I'm not able to bring everything here. You'll be hearing it as we go. But, uh, you know, righteousness can be referred to as an attribute of God. God is just, God is righteous. But it also can refer to a standing that we are given. When someone comes to Christ, is given a standing, a, a new status before the Lord. But it also can be seen as an activity of God. But perhaps the best way to put it at this point is that uh, the gospel enables someone to have the right clothes. Because the Bible tells us that when we have sinned, and all of us have sinned, sin brought nakedness. We are naked before God and unable to have the right glove to stand before him. But when someone repents and comes to the Lord, he has been given the final linen to wear. The righteousness of God. Let me ask you a question. Are you naked this morning? 
Or have you been clothed? Received a new cloth. But Paul says, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm ready to proclaim. Because it carries this. It brings this. But that's not enough. This good news needed to be received by faith. If you are to benefit this, you need to tell people to receive it by faith. Faith is that hand of the heart, is the conduit, is that what brings all these benefits. As the Bible says, as this comes on the screen, that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, remember again, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you will believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. But my goodness, you'll be hearing also other big words. Because beside being saved, as you receive the good news, you are not only saved, but look at what happened also to your life. You are justified. You are reconciled. You are forgiven, you are redeemed, you are adopted, you are made alive. You have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that cries within your heart, Abba, Father. Some of us had a bad experience of fathers, but this father is good. Let me finish. Now, do you begin to see that we are dealing with a wonderful news that brings all this? Clayton, would you bring those things back again on the screen, those last one? And, and, and be able to see that this is good news. So now as we come to close here, let me ask a question and plead with anyone who is not yet sure whether he's a Christian or not, or down deep within your heart you know, I haven't yet made a commitment to follow the Lord. Let me plead with you. This is the day of salvation. Please, don't postpone it. You never know what lies in the corner. Look what you could receive and you will receive once you make that. That salvation is a big word will be unpacking, but you'll be justified. And, and, and you'll be put in a position when you will no longer be able to go be beyond a place where, oh, they can undo this. Once God has declared Declared you righteous. That's it. Come to Jesus. And maybe some of you also have drifted away and your heart has become cold. I plead with you. Just come to Jesus. His arms are widely open to welcome you. 
no matter what you have done, he will forgive and remember no more what you have done. But to all of us, perhaps, who are already Christians, I want you to ponder on the blessings that are yours in Jesus and see what the Lord Jesus has done. This good news of what it has brought. And would you be able to see what a wonderful savior who has given us what a great salvation and we will fall at his knees and worshiping him. But perhaps that will lead us also to repent because do I feel indebted? Am I always ready? Am I unashamed to speak? And if I am, and if you are honest, that you are ashamed, you are not ready many a time, and you don't feel, I don't need to share the good news, then you will cry to the Lord and say, oh Lord, forgive me, and set again my heart on fire, and give me the passion for your name. Because this good news is God's chosen way to bring transformation in people's life and the community. And if we keep it to ourselves, my dear friend, we are not doing any good to the people we love. And we are not honoring the Lord. Would we decide today once again to say, Jesus, you are the only one who could save. I want to build my life upon your love. Jesus, Jesus, and Jesus. To him be the glory. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the good news, the good news of great joy, but also the good news which some here have not yet embraced, and I pray by your Holy Spirit, would you continue to pursue that person so that he or she may not leave this place without embracing this news by faith. Oh Lord, how will the world then know and call upon your name and be saved if there is no one who brings this good news? How can they bring the good news if they are not sent. Lord, we pray that as a church, you also send us as individuals. Send us. Oh, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good.
May this be a season of good news as we invite people to come to hear the good news. May this season be a season we are really filled with uh, this news that is the best news ever so that we may continue to praise and glorify your name. And may our society be transformed. Father, I pray if anyone here who is bound on addiction and suffering of all kind that he cannot get out of himself, in the name of Jesus Christ, would you set such a person free and liberate this person? Remove every guilt. Bring joy and peace. Yours be the glory. 